All right, we are back to podcast. Back to podcast. I enjoy podcasts. the opportunity to be able to get it out. It's saved. Folks can hear it uh, later and listen to it at any time. It's a great convenience, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to have that supplement of podcast uh, for our church. I want you to go to Psalm 27. David. David, of course, is the penman, the prayer, the uh, the uh, writer of this psalm, not the author, but the, the penman. And uh, I, honestly, it's it's a highlight. Psalm twenty seven is is probably one of my favorite. Well, it's not probably. It's probably my top two. Um, I enjoy Psalm thirty seven. But Psalm 27 is a great psalm. It's a psalm of David, and uh, he is singing about safety, praying for safety. And we desire that in our lives. We, we want safety. We want to be safe from harm. I know they're able to shut our entire society down because people uh, were, were afraid and they felt like the government could help them more than God. But uh, in this, in this, David is praying to God. And he says, Psalm 27, verse number 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So in a dark place, in a dark time, the psalmist begins this, uh, chapter he begins this writing this psalm this song this prayer with the proclamation that um, the the Lord is his light in a dark place the Lord is his light and so that's that's what he's saying that's how he starts this out and then he takes it a step further and he says whom shall I fear? Because the Lord is his light. Who who shall he be afraid of? And I would say, what shall you be afraid of with the Lord being your light? Okay? The Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall be of whom shall I be afraid? So the Lord is the strength of his life, and so he goes further, and he says, "So, who, who am I going to be afraid of? My, my light, my strength." Now, that's how we should pray. This is a model example of of our prayer of how we should pray. This is a model example of some things that we should say to God as we pray. Okay. Now watch this. Let's just stay with me. We're going to continue through this entire psalm. Uh, 
When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. All right? So he says, he's looking in the past tense at times when the enemy has attempted to overcome him, to overpower him. And, you know, there's there's so many times that I feel like Satan would love to overcome, overpower us. But because of God, God has stopped it. He has ceased it. He has prevented it from occurring. And he says, When the wicked, even my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Now, I like this. This gets into the spiritual warfare. This is why this is a spiritual issue. This is why this is a prayer psalm. Do you remember what I told you weeks ago? I made the statement to you and I said that this is spiritual battles. This is a spiritual warfare. This is a warfare that can't rightly be seen. And it remind this reminds me of several chapters, several places. It reminds me of when Elisha and uh, the or Elijah and or Elisha, actually, and the young man, uh, Gehazi, were together. And Elisha said, Lord, show him what I see, that there's more for us than what be against us. And that takes us to Romans eight twenty eight. If God be for us, who can be against us? It also reminds me of the spiritual warfare of Daniel and the fact that when we pray, the spirit world takes notice our Heavenly angels, our archangels, which are not chubby, cherub-faced, fat babies. They are warriors. They are fighters. When we begin to pray, they rise up and take notice because of the fact that the demons of hell also want to rise up and take notice and fight our prayers. So the Bible says here, Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. So I have a whole host of demonic activity against me, but I'm not going to be afraid is what he's saying. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. So the war that, that we war, the, the battle that we face, the rage that goes on, I'm going to be confident. I'm not going to be afraid. And we are moving forward we're moving forward for God without fear. Do you see this? Why are you teaching this one, this prayer, preacher? Because a year and a half ago, I watched basically the whole world stop because of fear. And I will say that a lot of it was due to disinformation that was out there um, of, of, you know, many, many varieties from many sources but a Christian's never to live in fear. A Christian's not to live in fear of any kind. And that's, that's what this, this is speaking to. So as we pray, we should pray for protection to God. That should be our source of protection and help and strength to prevent us from being afraid. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So David is saying here, here's, here's what I'm praying. 
Not only am I praying for safety, I am praying for fellowship. One thing I desire, one thing I'm asking, one thing I'm requesting, one thing I'm praying for is that until the day that I die, I have a proper, a good, and a healthy, thriving relationship with God. I'm, I'm older than I was. I'm, I feel like I'm old. I feel like I'm about halfway there. And maybe a little, little past halfway, but either way. And that being the case... I think about being an aged man. I think about being an elderly man. And when I get to that place, I want to be in great relationship with God. I want to be in a great fellowship with God. I want to be in a great place with God when I get older, as I get older. And that's what he says. One thing I have a desired of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. As we age in Jesus, there's so much help. There's such blessings, benefits that we can be to the church and to others as we as we live in Jesus and we age in Jesus and we age in a place of maturity in Jesus. To behold the beauty of the Lord... So to not just dwell near him, but to have a real relationship with him. And I, I'm going to get into to more of this, this relationship that we should have with him and what the proper relationship with him is. The Bible says here of the Lord to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple, to inquire. That's to ask of, to, to want to know the answer to. So we look to him for answers. Even as an aged old man, 95-year-old man, 95-year-old woman still go to the Lord for answers. That's, that's the prayer of David. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. So as I pray... He has reserved a place for me. He's reserved a a place and a safe haven for me as I pray. That literally and physically, spiritually, that's what God does with us and for us as we pray to Him. And we ask for protection and safety. He, he, He actually takes us and He puts us on a rock and He secures us. The Bible says here, verse 6, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I like that. A sacrifice. So we go to the tabernacle, okay? That's what Paul. That's what David's saying here. And as I go into the tabernacle to worship, I offer a sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that you are giving to God that you must possess and you're giving away. And it's a sacrifice of joy. When we don't feel like it, when when, when it feels like a sacrifice to be joyous, we take our joy and we come into 
our fellowship and relationship with God, and we give it to Him. He is our joy. He is our look at the. There's such depth in the Psalms. That's that. That's the beauty of this. We we can take this verse by verse and go an hour in every verse. It's a sacrifice of joy. Think about a sacrifice in the tabernacle, the preparation of it, the the effort to put into it, what it means, the significance of a sacrifice. And right here we find in the scriptures that David is saying when when I when I worship, when I fellowship with God, I'm making sacrifices of joy. What I'm offering up is my joy. My happiness. Verse 6, And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in the sacrifice. I'm sorry, verse 7. So after he offers the sacrifice of joy, he says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. So he asks God to hear him. And then he asks God for mercy as he hears him. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. So he says, You are provoking, you are commanding. God is telling me to seek his face. So if I make the effort to seek his face, notice what the psalmist says, verse number 8, or verse number 9, Hide not thy face far from me. He says, now this is something that we should pray. Do you see this? This is an instruction. This is a model prayer. This is an example prayer. So notice what David is doing. Do you remember a couple of weeks when I ago when I told you to challenge God with his word? Do you remember me saying to, to, to you and preach to you for you to prove God. Tell God to prove His Word. That's what David's doing here. Look in verse 9. He says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away from anger. Okay? Verse 8, When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. He's saying, Look, God, this is what you told me to do, to seek your face. So that's what I'm doing. So if this is what I'm doing. I'm seeking your face. Verse 9, hide not your face far from me. He says, you told me to do this. This is how you told me to pray. <clears throat> this is how you told me to, to respond. This is how you told me to come before you. I'm doing it. So based on me doing it and following what you said do, I'm asking you to hide not your face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. I love that verse. You know, people have been left. They've been abandoned. They've been adopted. They've been given up. Their dad might not have been around. Their mother might not have been around. Or maybe they were around for a little while and they left. Who knows? We've got so many stories today of broken homes and parents not being there. But you know it's always went on. Look at what David says. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. 
He says, when, when my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. If my earthly parents don't want anything else to do with me over the word of God or truth or righteousness or whatever other reason, then I've got the promise that the Lord will be my father. Verse number 11, Because of that, teach me thy way, O Lord. Show me the way and lead me in a plain path. We could pray that every day. There's nothing wrong with praying that. Lord, get obstacles, get stumbling blocks, get things out of my way that I would cause me to stumble, cause me to fail, cause me to, to fall. He says, lead me in a plain path. Nothing wrong with that at all. Completely biblical. This, this is a psalm we should pray because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. So the, the psalmist here tells God, he, he proclaims to God what the enemy wants for him. He proclaims to God that the enemy is after him. He goes in detail to God of, of what he's facing and the fears that, that he, he comes against every day. He elaborates to God of what's going on. And it would behoove us to do that. To do that. Okay, let's move forward. Move forward. Look with me. Uh, verse 13. This, the, these last two verses are, are probably the richest two. And I feel like this entire psalm's rich. I, I love the psalms. I, I'm, I'm doing this one first just because I want you to pray it. It would not hurt you whatsoever. As a matter of fact, let me, let me rephrase that. Not not hurt you. It would greatly benefit your spiritual life to pray this psalm. I believe you should pray. I mean, naturally, you should pray your own prayers. You should call out to God as as the Spirit of God moves and guides you. But I'm a big big believer through experience and through what what I've uh, experienced and seen in my own life in ministry to pray the Psalms. Go through the Psalms and say a prayer. So what we're going to do as we come 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 to a close. We're going to do that. We're going to read this psalm together as a prayer. Now, these last two verses, he gives us a testimony. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, that verse is why I wanted to teach on this tonight. Folks, it's not just heaven where we will see the goodness of the Lord. In fact, if you get to the place where you feel like heaven, eternity, the afterlife is the only place that you're going to see fulfillment prayers answered, that can lead you to a, a sometimes a dark place. Now, I do understand what Paul said. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. He was simply making a proclamation there of how difficult life can be and the fact that um, if, if all we had to look forward to 
was this life would be miserable people. But now notice what David's saying here. David's saying, if I didn't have a hope that my prayers would get answered. Now listen, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching to you. I'm teaching from my heart. There was a time in my life when just about all I had was hope. Really, I'd lost basically everything. You know, when you say, well, you know, what happened to you happens to a lot of people. It does, it does. It does. And mine was no greater, no more significant. But one thing about it was, you know, I wasn't a, I didn't work in the prison. I wasn't a roofing company salesman owner at the time. I was a pastor when when what happened to me did. So with what fell out and the result of it and the fact that it shook some things, you know, at the church I was pastoring to its core, it was best that I moved on and was asked to do so because of that situation. And that's that's fine. It was not me that made the choice, but understand it. But what I'm saying is what I'm saying is, due to what had occurred, I was even without a job. I was even without my career. Everything I had put put my life in, everything I had worked for, for the early part and prime years of my adult life. And so it all came come it all came crashing down. And I had three things, two things essentially. I had my children, and I had God and His hope. And if I wouldn't have had hope, I would not be here today. That's what the Bible said. That's what David says. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord not in heaven, but in the land of the living. We've got, that's why I'm teaching on prayer. That's why these lessons are on prayer. Because if we don't possess hope, if we don't possess the hope of God in answering our prayers in our lives, we will faint in the land of the living. David said, I would have fainted if I had not believed in the goodness of the Lord. And as bad as things have gotten on me before, I've always believed in His goodness. I've always believed in His goodness. And so he closes with an encouragement to anybody that's waiting to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And he says, wait on the Lord. And while you're waiting on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So as he closes, he says, I would have fainted if I didn't have hope. I would have fainted had I not believed that God was going to move on my behalf. I would have fainted had I not held to that belief that God was going to do something for me. I 
would have completely fainted. But I believed with everything in me that I was going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And because of that, he is admonishing me, he's admonishing you to wait on the Lord and to be of good courage. And he's strengthened, he will strengthen thine heart. And he closes with the admonishment to wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, let's do this. I want to show you how to do this, okay? And, and there's no way, there's no rhyme or reason, but this is a good practice. Either before or after what you pray on that particular day, your prayers, your heart, your desires, your needs, what you want, what you're looking for God to do, before you do that, I want to challenge you to pick a psalm out, get you a book, go in order, what, whatever, <clears throat> whatever the Lord lays on your heart, but pick you a psalm out. And before you pray your prayers, pray a psalm. Do it every day and watch your spiritual life grow. Watch your relationship with God. and Je- Watch your relationship with Jesus become something that you never thought it would be. So before you pray, let's read Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire, inquire in his holy temple. For in time, in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. He shall hide me, he shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou saidest, saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hadst been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over. Unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I would I would pick me a psalm out, a different one every day, and I would read it prior to my prayer. And I'm telling you, I'm not guessing at this. I'm telling you, this is a fact. 
you watch your spiritual life increase. Watch it grow. Watch you grow closer to God, praying a psalm before you pray your prayers. I hope you've enjoyed this. I'll be talking to you on Wednesday night. I love each one of you. Good night and God bless.